Hey you guys, it's Angie and thank you for tuning back into Sincerely Angie. And if this is your very first time listening, thank you so much for tuning in. You can always find me at sincerelyangm.tumblr.com. I post the most recent episodes of a new podcast there, as well as there are a few blog posts that I have posted. If you scroll down just a tad bit, I'm sure that you'll find one that may be interesting to you. Today's episode, we are talking about finances as it relates to being an adult, and that includes credit scores, credit reports, interest rates, investing your money, saving your money, budgeting, uh, credit cards. I mean, everything as it relates to finances, life insurance, things that are important to have and to know as an adult. And I am also going to preface it by saying that I am no expert. I am an expert at my life and I am going to share with you. Well, I'm still not an expert at my life because I'm still learning and growing, but I'm going to share with you the things that have worked for me that are working for me. And hopefully this can ignite something in you to cause you to go and look at your finances, whatever aspect that is. And you can do a little bit of research and make sure that you're doing something that is beneficial to you because I did have that mistake where I have gone years and years without paying attention to my finances and it was not beneficial to me. So I hope that this episode helps you. I have a lot to cover and I hope that I don't rush it. I want to make sure to give you enough information on each thing that I want to talk about, but I also don't want to make this episode three hours long because the way that I can talk it can get there. (laughs) So yeah, I am going to try and give as much information as possible. Anytime I learn something new, you can always count on me to share it. Because like I said, if I can help someone from making the same mistakes that I may have made, then I have done my job. I don't want to withhold any information that is going to be beneficial to someone. So yeah, tune in, Dear Finances. Okay, so I think that this is probably going to be my favorite episode because I am semi-addicted to all things money and saving and finances. So this is probably going to be my favorite episode because I get to share so much knowledge with you all and hopefully it can be beneficial. Now, I did learn about a term recently within the last couple of years or so, um, ESI, which is earn, save, invest. I've always been an earner, meaning I've always had a job. I've always saved and I'm addicted to saving and I just recently got into investing and I'll dig a little bit deeper into that as time, as this episode goes by. Now with earning, I think the very first thing I should speak about is budgeting because when you earn your money, you have to know how to distribute it. You have to know where it's going, how much you can save and how much you can spend because you don't want to be in the red every single paycheck or every month. You don't want to be in debt. You don't want to be broke and waiting on your next paycheck. So let's say you make about $2,000 a month. And I don't know if that's good or bad, depending on who you are. If you make $2,000 a month, you do not want to spend $2,500 a month. You want to spend much less than what you make. That way you are prepping yourself for the future by being able to save at least 10% of that $2,000. So If you get paid every two weeks, your check is $1,000, and like I say, you make $2,000 for the month. Out of that $1,000 for the first paycheck as well as the second paycheck, you don't want to spend the full $1,000. Like I said, save 10% of your check if possible. If not possible, save 5%, but you have to be able to save. Saving is the most important thing. With budgeting, you have to be disciplined. The first thing that I would probably tell someone to do is to write it down. Write down all of your bills for the month. You can do the first two weeks or you can do the last two weeks. It's up to you. But write down all of your bills for the month. Know how much they are, how much in, how much you need to pay those, how much your check is going to be. If your check is going to be $900 but you need $700 to pay your bills, then you know that you're not going to mess around with that $200 because, of course, you need that portion of it to live. You need gas, you need food, you need uh, personal products, you need, you know, in order to live the, you know, of course you cannot just make money just to pay bills. You still have other things that go within that. If you have kids, you have expenses that goes with the kids, their schooling and stuff like that. So budgeting is very important because 
like I said, you want to know where you are sending your money. You want to know where your money is going. And you, like I said, again, you don't want to be in the red. That's never a good thing. Uh, being in debt is always something that is going to hang over your head because you know you don't have the money for this. You may not have the money for that. And that could also affect you as a person. So budgeting is very important. Important. <laughs> Sorry. Um, pen and paper. That's the best advice I can give. Just write it down. Right. I I budget my paychecks, two paychecks in advance. So I do the month of August. I do the month of September. I do the month of October. I do this weekly. Even though I've already done it, I'll go back through my, my money and I make sure that, okay, nothing has changed since I last wrote down what's coming out of this paycheck. Because, you know, unplanned expenses happen. I recently got a ticket that I'm going to have to pay for for driving fast quote unquote is what they said but <laughs> so I have to I have to budget that into my expenses now I have to budget you know paying for this ticket because that was an unexpected expense so you want to make sure that while you are saving at least 10% of your money if you can save more save more don't just limit yourself to the 10% because there are expenses that come about that we don't we don't know that they're coming they're unexpected as far as this saving goes with the budgeting, I know that I said 10%. If you can do more, do more. If you can do less, do less, but at least try to save something. Now, as it relates to banking, with your budgeting and your saving, I have multiple savings accounts. I have a checking account and I have multiple credit cards. We're going to speak on the savings, um, savings accounts that I have. I have a money market account and I have three savings accounts. Now, with the money market account, I have a higher interest rate on my money and I'm going to get into what the interest rates are and what that means for you. Now, back in the days when I first opened up my savings account, I was young. I didn't know any better and I did not realize that the account or the type of account that I had my money in was not gaining me much interest once I got below a certain point. So let's say when I was 20, I opened, oh, well, I was 17. When I opened up this savings account, and over the over the years, you know, more and more money was being added. So let's say I got to a $10,000 mark. The type of savings account I had, when you reach $10,000, you get, let's say, 1% interest on your money or 1.5% interest. So your monthly balance is growing based off of the money that you have in that account. Well, when I went below the $10,000, $10,000 mark, I'd stop getting that 1%. But I, because I was younger, did not realize that. And this went on for about 10 plus years that my money was below a certain mark and I was not gaining interest on it. Now, I do want you to know that once your money goes into a bank, it's really no longer your money. They're going to loan your money out and make money off of it so when your money is in the bank you want to make sure that you're getting as much off of it as you can because they're loaning it out making more money off of your money so the interest rate is very important so what happened was i was sent a letter in the mail by toyota toyota was being um sued because they were charging people of color less um more interest even though they qualify for a less interest, you know, a lower interest rate, they were charging us more than they charged somebody who was of a different skin tone. You know, sounds about white. They were charging them more, and so there was a lawsuit against them. And I said to myself, let me go and look at my interest rate for my card to see how much I'm paying. And on top of this, I had already recently found out about my savings account not making any money, so I withdrew my money out of the savings uh, account that I had with Chase Bank, I was not, I was barely get. I was uh, maybe getting 10 cent on about $10,000 in a savings account. And that's never a good thing. So I took my money out of there. And in my research, I found multiple companies that had a higher interest rate for the amount of money that I was going to put into it. Again, you have to do your research. You have to be aware. I was not aware. I was not paying attention. And I'm a creature of habit. So I got comfortable with my money being in this bank. Oh, I've had this account for X amount of years. So I, I'm a creature of habit. Let me just let it sit there. And instead, I should have been paying more attention to my money and noticing that, hey, you stopped getting the tax statements because you're not making that much money on your money anymore. I creature of habit. And that's 
my fault because I should have paid more attention that the money that I had in Chase Bank was not gaining me any more interest. Like I wasn't getting the yearly statement that I had to give to my tax preparer because I made that much money on my savings account. Well, I left Chase alone. I closed my account with them. I also found out with them that I was paying way too much on my credit card, but I'll get to that later on in this episode. So I closed my account with Chase and I went and I did my research and I went and I got a different account that uh, gave me more interest on my money. My money has been, uh, while I'll say that with Chase, my interest rate for the year may have been 10 or $12 for the whole year, not interest rate, my interest earned the amount of money that I earned on $10,000. And I'm just using numbers, you know, I'm not getting too much into my personal finances, but I'm just using random numbers. Let's say that for that $10,000, I got about $10 that whole year for my money being in that account. Well, now that I've switched it to a different account, I've made about, and it's been about four months or five months now, I've made about $90 on my my money that's been in a different account, which that's crazy. And I still have a lot more money to, <laughs> a lot more money, a lot more time to go over the next six months, I think that we have left in this year, five months. I have, just think about how much money that's going to be. The more money you have in there, the higher your interest earned is going to be and I know that that sounds like a lot and I can get deeper into details if I am actually explaining it to you by showing you and I'm not afraid to do that but I do want to end this segment by saying as we as it relates to budgeting and saving by saying to make sure that your money is making you money put your money into an account that is going to be beneficial to you that you're going to get money off of your money being in that bank don't just let your money sit in any account that is not getting you any interest. Pay attention to the fine print. Like I said, research, research, research. I cannot reiterate that enough. I am a very frugal person, but on top of that, I do like to do research. And because I was a creature of habit, I did not pay attention to that. But I know better now, and I'm doing better. So the next thing that I'm going to talk about, because I did mention earning saving and investing and I've spoken on earning a little bit on saving and but there's a little bit more that goes into the saving portion there are different ways that you can save uh let me get into the credit card my first credit card I got when I was about 20 years old and this was at Chase the Chase employee offered it to me when I was opening up my account and I said that I didn't want a credit card because I heard the horror stories as it relates to credit cards and I didn't want to go into debt the guy said, well, no, you won't. He said, they're going to give you a small limit, maybe $200. He said, you can just get gas from it or you can buy groceries and just pay it off at the end of the month and you'll be fine. And so I'm like, okay, what's $200? I can't go wrong with that. Well, I sign up. I get the $200 credit card. I start spending it on gas and then I, you know, pay it off. I spend it on groceries and I pay it off. And then over the, the years, the limits start to go up. I, it went from 200 to 500, from 500 to 800, and 10 years later, I think it went up to like $2,500. Okay, so I started using it on vacations. I would go on a vacation, use my credit card, and then pay it off. Then I applied for another credit card with Chase because I wanted a higher limit. So someone told me, they said, well, call them and ask them to raise your limit or just apply for another credit card and they're going to raise your limit. Well, that's exactly what happened. My total ended up being $6,300 worth of credit that I was able to get by applying for another credit card. So with a $6,300 limit, and it was based off of two cards. One card had over $5,000 and the other card had $1,500. Well, one card had a little bit under $5,000 and the other one had $1,500. So something told me to look at my interest rate for the credit card. Well, not something told me I was taking a credit repair course and they said what the average credit card rate was, which is 15%. The average interest rate on a credit card was 15%. And do you know when I looked at my statement for Chase, I was paying 28% interest on my money. Uh, well, you know, on paying the money back. They were milking me for the last 10 plus years. 28% and the average is 15. Are you serious? So I called Chase. And I said, hey, I need to see about getting a lower 
interest rate because you know mine is too high basically it's me uh, summing it up this is not actually what was said and they said oh well we don't have any offers available so there's no rate that I can give you you'll just have to wait for an offer in the mail I said well I've had this account for 10 plus years and I haven't received a lower interest rate offer in the mail so when should I expect one she said I couldn't give you any details I just you'll just have to wait for it so at that point I knew that Chase was not for me so I paid off my balance with my credit card that I had with Chase and I went to another company and my interest rate for my credit card now is 10% what see what lack of of just paying attention to things will get you all that money that I've had to pay Chase back was unnecessary had I known to pay more attention to my finances so now I have a credit card with a 10% interest rate which means that I'm not paying that much back on the money that I spend when I spend the credit card spend on a credit card can you believe that can you believe that I cannot believe that I'm still upset with myself and it's been a it's been a few months but I'm still upset with myself because I should have known better you know I should have done more research I should have paid more attention and I need to get out of the being a you know a creature of habit I need to get out of that so like I mentioned I took a credit repair course and I learned a lot from taking this course um, as it relates to your credit scores I know that this is like a a topic that a lot of people don't like to talk about because they have bad credit I'm not saying that bad credit is the worst thing and I'm not saying that it's the best thing you do want to have great credit that is a major part of life that is going to save you thousands of dollars in life and the highest credit score is 850 I think I want to say it's 850 and only 1% of Americans have a perfect credit score only 1% so Striving for the perfect credit score may not be that achievable, but having a great or a good credit score is easily achievable. Now, I know that people may not like me for saying this, and I know that people may say, well, you should charge people, you can charge people to help them with their credit. I would tell someone to not pay anyone over $100 per month to have your credit repaired. It's a waste of your money because you can be paying that money that you're paying this person. You can pay your bills down or your debt down. You can pay that down with that money. I have heard of people paying a hundred plus dollars a month to get their credit score to go down, to get their credit repaired. And I think that that is that's beyond me that someone would charge you that amount of money for something so simple. And it's beyond me that they would not encourage you to use that money to pay down your debt. I, I just, I don't understand that. And I, like I said, I know that's bad of me to say, but if you're paying somebody $150 or $200 a month to, to repair your credit and you're in $200,000 worth of debt, just think about how many $200 can go towards your debt. I, I just, I, it's beyond me. It, all it takes for you to change your credit repair or your credit score or to repair your credit is time. It takes just a tad bit of time. And it's quick, it's easy, but it's you have to have time because the credit bureaus don't work that fast. They do things in 30-day increments or 30-day uh, time slots. So, you know, because every 30 days your credit score is updated. So it takes them about 30 days to get your information and it takes them about 30 days to look into all of this stuff and, you know, get your, say, okay, this is valid, this is not valid. You need to pull your credit report. Go to freecreditreport.com. You don't have to add any credit card information. You are entitled to this free report yearly. You can pull it up yearly and you get all three scores. Well, not the score, but the actual reports. What's listed on those reports? The main thing you want to do is look for inconsistencies. You want to look for misspellings. You want to look for accounts that are open that you have no recollection of that's not yours. Those things can be disputed. Once you make those small changes, if something is misspelled and you make a change on it, that raises your credit score. Stop getting your credit ran. If you don't need a new car right now, do not apply for a new car. If you don't need a new credit card, don't apply for a new credit. Do not run. have anybody run your credit score so that it does not go down in the time that you are trying to repair it I know that this sounds like a whole lot but it really if you really sit down and you think about it it really is not that much it's not that 
strenuous. It's not that uh it's not that bad. It is something you can do yourself. You do not have to pay somebody to do it. Like I said, if you Write your credit bureau, and this information is online. You can always message me, and I'll give you the information if possible, but it's not that hard. If your credit is jacked up, (laughs) and you pull your report, and you see that your name is misspelled, you see that an address is incorrect, you see that you have accounts on there that you did not open or is not yours, or the balance is incorrect, you can easily send a letter to your credit bureau, and they have it disputed. They're going to look into it. And then they're going to respond to you and say, hey, this was removed, this was taken off, this was changed, and your score is going to go up. I cannot stress that enough that, you know, it's it's not that hard to do. Now, granted, I have not had to dispute anything because everything on my credit report is correct. It is current. It is up to date. And it's in good standing. But I know for those who are not, I know it's easier for me to say that because I don't have that problem. But I've seen multiple reports enough to know this is simple. Let's say that you have a T-Mobile cell phone bill from an old account that has a balance of $150. Why not call T-Mobile, ask them how can you pay this account off so that they can remove it for the report, and they're probably going to say, hey, give us $100. They're probably going to say, give us the $150, and we'll take this off the report. And you say, hey, all I have is $75. Can you take that? Most likely... If it's not T-Mobile, it's going to be a credit uh, collection company. They're going to take that $75 and it's going to be removed from your credit report. You also have to make sure that they say that they're going to remove it because it can still stay up there. That's the hassle that you'll have to go through. But to know that you, instead of paying $150 that you owe them, you can pay the $75 and it removed from your report. Come on. Come on. And I know it's time consuming. I know that it's easier said than done. I know that it's time consuming. But what would you rather do? Would you rather come up off of $20,000 trying to pay somebody to repair your credit? Or would you rather pay $10,000 on your own to get it taken care of? I mean, we have to be smart about these things. Now, I have had where my credit score has been over 700 and it has gone down below 700 but getting it back to the 700 was not it didn't take very long at all and it took no effort from me it just me paying my bills on time credit cards spending them paying the balance off all of that makes your credit it it helps it really does help now i'm not advising anybody to go and get a credit card who knows that they are not great with money if you're not good with money and you know that you're not going to be able to pay this credit card bill off if it gets too high do not apply for a credit card don't do it it's just not beneficial to be able to add that much more debt to your already debt (laughs) the debt that you're already in it does not make sense to do that and i am by no means am trying to laugh at anybody with any debt or a low credit score i'm not i really want us to be able to flourish in our lives in our adulthood in our finances and the more debt you're in that's the more unnecessary money you're going to have to come up with if you knowingly pay your light bill late every month think about all those late fees that you're getting I don't even know if you get a late fee for a light bill or if they just turn it off, but I'm pretty sure that there are late fees that are that are um, charged because of you not paying your bill on time. Think about all the late fee money that you're... If that added up, let's just say I've had an NSF charge with my bank before. Think about all of those $35 NSF charges that's insufficient funds, charges that come when you don't when you don't have the money or you, you're you not paying. If you could save those $35 constantly that you're paying monthly, just think about what other bill you could be paying with that. I just, I want us to do better as people. I want us to do better. I want us to be better, to learn better, to know better. I just want us better. Now, I also want to talk about life insurance. Life insurance is another aspect of having a bill. I mean, it's it goes it should be included in your monthly bills. Life insurance is important because if you are in debt, whatever debt you have when you die, it can it can fall on the people who are closest to you. If you're married or if you know, if you have a significant other and they're you know, you pass away and they're with you in this state, you know, they, they that may fall on them. It could very well fall on them. I want you all to make sure to be very cognizant and aware that life insurance is important. It is not a burden. I know people 
look at life insurance as just another bill and that's the way you should look at it but you should not say oh i don't have the money for it because life insurance is not that expensive if you get it right now i mean if you get it while you're younger and you're of age when you get older you don't have to worry about okay how is my family going to survive or how am i going to pay an extra 75 dollars a month or whatever i pay about 25 dollars a month for insurance and i'm not going to tell you how much my policy is worth because i don't need anybody coming for me <laughs> but you do want to make sure that you get life insurance so that your family is taken care of when you leave here. You don't want them to have to deal with your death on top of dealing with your death, deal with how to bury you, how they're going to get the money to bury you, how are they going to get the money to do anything after you leave. Let's say you were the sole breadwinner in the household and then you pass away. Now there's no income coming in. If there's an insurance policy, that'll light, lighten that load on your family when you pass away. And I know no one wants to talk about death. I know that. But it's a part of life. We cannot get around it. It's going to happen. So the least you can do is make sure that your family is okay when you leave this earth. Adding another $25, because I'm basing it off of how much I pay in life insurance a month. And I've been having a policy on myself since I was 20 years old. So just imagine if I never had a policy on myself and then something happened to me what my family will be trying to do to make sure that I'm buried, to make sure that they're okay or whatever the case may be. It is the easiest thing to do for me to say, just go and get life insurance. I know that it's easy to say. What you can do is speak to someone who sells insurance, Google it, figure out, okay, I'm 35 years old. What's the best insurance plan for me as a 35-year-old? I have X amount of kids. I have a wife or whatever. You need to figure out what is the best amount that you would need so that you can know how much you're going to have a month to give off to pay you know, your insurance. Now, while $25 may be my personal amount that I pay for insurance, somebody else could be paying $50 a month. But you know what? You have to suck it up. And you have to add that to a part of your budget because life insurance is necessary. It needs to be considered a bill. Just like you pay car insurance or medical insurance, you need life insurance. It's very important. I, I don't know how many other ways to say it. Just incorporate it into your bills. Just consider it like a light bill. Just add it up and see what you can afford and then find a company that's going to work for you. If you can only afford $25 a month for insurance then get a policy that's going to be beneficial with that $25 a month. But you must have life insurance. It's important. There's no way around it. Absolutely no way around it. Last but not least, investing. I've talked about earning. I've talked about saving. And now investing. When you invest your money, you're basically putting your money into something that's going to make you more money. Now, granted, savings account could be considered investing. There are multiple savings accounts. You know, you have the money market account. You have a CDA, a CDA, <laughs> a IRA. You have CDs. You have multiple things that you can utilize. You just have to find the one that works for you. There are also mutual funds. I had somebody tell me, I don't know why people are investing in stocks when they should be investing in mutual funds. And he left the conversation at that. He did not explain to me or say mutual funds are this. This is why someone should invest in mutual funds instead of stock. But instead, he talked about the people who invested in stock and called them, you know, amateurs when they should be investing in mutual funds instead of giving me an, a reason why mutual funds were better than stocks. Let me, pref let me say this. What works for you may not work for me and what works for me may not work for you which is why I'm giving you multiple avenues that you can take in order to find something that works for you. And me talking about this may encourage you to go and look at your own so that you can see what works for you. But to tell someone that what they're doing is wrong but not give them the reason why why they should go a different direction, that doesn't make that doesn't make things better. So if you feel like mutual funds are better for people to look into, why don't you explain the benefits of mutual funds versus the benefits of stocks? Me personally, I just got into stocks and I have a mentor who is helping me and making sure that I know, you know, every aspect of it as much as he can. But stocks are seem to be beneficial for me. That's what I am interested in. I have not looked at mutual funds, so I'm not sure what mutual funds 
exactly are. I don't know the benefits of them. I don't know the long-term and or short-term benefits of it, but I do know a little bit more about stocks. I looked personally into stocks, so I'm like, yes, this is going to work for me. I looked into Bitcoin as well, and Bitcoin is something that is on the rise, and it's been around for a while, but it's being a talked about a little bit more. It's a little bit more common nowadays. I've looked into Bitcoin just a tad bit, and I'm like, I don't know if this is for me right now, I still want to invest in it, but I'm going to invest my money currently into stocks. And that's what I did. So the money that I would have put into the Bitcoin, I put it into multiple stocks. I have a few major stocks that I invested in, and I have a few penny stocks that I've invested in. And I can tell you that watching it daily or even weekly, it is giving me more knowledge on things. And getting letters from the shareholders, from the companies, because you're a shareholder, it makes you feel, you know, a sense of growth in life that, you know, I have access to this company. You know, I invested in this company. I have access to this company. I'm getting newsletters from this company because I'm a shareholder. That just, it makes you feel a sense of growth. Well, at least it makes me feel a sense of growth that, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm investing in these companies and I feel like I'm a part of something. And because I've invested money into them, so they're including me in the decisions that they make or they're including me in things that they're doing, upcoming, you know, updates and stuff like that. I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. But again, like I said, there are multiple ways that you can invest. There are 401ks that you may have with your job. There are CDs, there are IRAs, mutual funds, there are stocks that you can do. Do your research and find what works for you. There there are multiple things out there and even more things than what I have named, but you have to do your research and find what works for you. And if you've noticed, I've said research under every aspect, under earning, budgeting, saving, investing, everything, insurance. You have to do your research and find what works for you. You can't take what I'm saying and then apply that to your life. No, you have to do your own research. I am not an expert. I'm not an expert. I am learning and I am growing, but I'm giving you a little bit of of, of a platform to be able to give you something to work with. And that's, that's priceless. Like to now that I've had these changes and I've had these revelations where I found things that didn't work for me and that do work for me, I can now share this information with my loved ones. I did not get this information. No one shared it with me. No one gave me any details in life except to say, save your money. When you get paid, save your money. But they didn't go into details and saying how to save and where to save and what to save. I'm, I didn't get that. But now I can tell my nieces, I can tell my siblings, I can tell my friends, and I can share it with anybody who's connected to me because I, I have seen the fruits of the, the labor that I put in as it relates to my finances. So like I said, I had the one savings account that was getting me less than $10 a year on my money. But now since I've switched savings accounts, I've already reached almost $100 in that account of interest. Are you serious? Come on. You know, so just knowing that you made that change in life and that you see the benefits of it, it, it encourages you to do other things. Like I said, the credit card interest rate, when I found out how much that was, I went and changed it. My banking account, my savings account, when I found out how much I was getting on my money, I changed, I made a change. The... um. Just in general, knowing that something is not beneficial to you and when you make that change, it it everything changes. It starts a ripple effect. And I hope that these things, and like I said, I didn't want to rush the information, but I did just want to knock on the door to kind of say, hey, look at me. So you can go and look in your finances and see what is working for you, what will work for you, and what has not worked for you. Hopefully this helps. I hope that it helps. And this is not the end all be all the things that I mentioned there are so many more so much more that I haven't even really scratched the surface of credit repairs and credit scores and credit cards I have not even touched the surface of the, the how deep into it you can get I'm still in the beginning stages but I figured that I will come in and I will share what I have learned what I am learning so that other people can start making changes because these companies are making money off of us. They're making money off of the money that we're putting into the banks. If it's not in the right account, they're making money off of our money and not paying us back. The interest rate, you're paying more money for that credit card when you 
spend it. You're paying more money than what you need to be because your interest rate is too high. Even with the car notes, go back and look at your interest rate for your car note. Refinance your car if you have to so that you can get a better interest rate so that that's less interest that you'll be paying on that car. Your note is going to go down. I always looked at refinancing as a bad thing. I It always had a bad rep behind it. There is nothing wrong with refinancing. Absolutely nothing wrong with refinancing. You're getting a better better deal. It's actually a plus in some situations. Refinancing is not a bad thing at all. It just means that you're getting a lower interest rate. You're getting a better payment plan. You're getting it, it, it multiple things that it could do that will work for you. Refinancing is not a bad thing. If you look at your car note and you see that you're paying X amount interest, go apply somewhere else. And they can give you a lower interest rate, which means that you're going to pay less back on your, your note is going to go down and you're going to be paying less back in interest. So many things I wish I would have known, but I'm grateful that I got the knowledge when I did, because it is causing me to be able to help my friends and say, hey, did you know this? And did you know that? And a lot of people making changes, you know, with the credit card situation, when I had a high interest rate and then I called them to get them to change it and they wouldn't. Well, I told my best friend about it, and guess what? He called. He was paying 20-something percent on his credit card. He called them and said, hey, can you lower my interest rate? I can't make the payments. I'm never going to get out of debt. They lowered it down to 11 or 13 percent. I can't remember how much. I think it's 11 percent. He got his interest rate lowered because I told him, hey, you know what? You can call them, and they'll do it. So it didn't work for me, but it worked for him. Come on, man. Come on, are you serious? I don't even feel bad that it didn't work for me because it worked for him based off of what I told him to do. I told him to call. He called and he got a lower interest rate. I just, I want to help us, y'all. I just, I'm not an expert again. I'm going to say that. And I don't, I'm going to keep saying it because I don't ever want somebody to say, y'all listening to people who don't know anything. I'm learning and I'm sharing with you what I've learned. Now, while my method may not work for you, you may find one that does. And my best friend's situation is the perfect example. It is a perfect scenario of something not working for me, but it worked for somebody else. I just hope that you all are able to take something from this. And like I said, I may have been all over the place, but please, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please do not feel any type of way about contacting me because as much as I can say all of this you know over this podcast i can definitely text it to you write it to you and tell you which ways to go send you links or whatever the case may be because i'm still learning i'm still reading i have a friend who sends me finance and money episodes not episodes uh, articles all the time through my email he's consistently sending me things because he knows what i'm trying to do and he's pouring into me whatever he finds that may be interesting to him he knows that hey she can benefit from this and he's pouring that into me and I'm getting information from that. You, I mean, you also have to have people that are going to be beneficial to you. If you know that you're trying to save and you have people around you that's consistently saying, hey, let's go here, let's go do this, let's go do that. And you don't have the money to do it. It's okay to say no because there's a bigger picture at hand. I'm in a position right now. I travel every year. I have not taken a flight, well, a vacation that requires a plane this year yet. I have not taken it because I have a, a goal in mind. I said that I wanted to save this year, and I am on task with the saving that I've been doing. I am completely on task. I am not, I'm, I'm not, I mean, if there is a flight that comes up, a, a situation where I have to take a plane, I'm going to get the best for my buck. I'm going to get a Southwest plane ticket, or I may even go and get a Spirit ticket. I heard Spirit is stepping their game up. But I'm going to be very frugal in the process. I'm still going to maintain my my um budget that I have set for the year because there's something that I have a goal. I have a goal in mind, and I'm going to stay working toward that goal, and nothing is going to detour me from it. Friends, family, foes, whoever, do not take your eye off the prize. Don't let somebody make you feel pressured into doing something that you can't do. If you know you can't afford it, say no. Don't put your debt yourself in debt by trying to live up to somebody else's means or to live up to the Joneses, as they would say, you have to find a way to be disciplined that works for you because my way of being disciplined does, may not work for you. 
but it works perfectly for me. I'm okay with, I'm, I've never been a shopper that will go to a store and spend two, three, four hundred dollars. I spend $20 and I think I have buyer's remorse. I'm like, ugh, ugh. I just recently spent $60 last week and I'm like, I really didn't need the stuff that I, I bought. But I hadn't purchased anything for myself in a while. So I had to convince myself, you wanted this, you needed this, it's okay. You've worked hard, but I'm not in debt behind it. I'm not, I didn't lose anything, so to speak. Like my bills didn't go unpaid. I had it to spend. And I'm very grateful and thankful for that, that I did have the $60 to spend. But because I'm so wired into this mode of saving, I was telling myself that it wasn't okay. When in all actuality, you can treat yourself. It's okay to enjoy the fruits of your labor because we were not put here to just work and die. No, we are going to enjoy the fruits of our labor. We are not going to just work for a paycheck and not live. While we do have a gold goal in mind, we are still going to be humans. We're still going to be um, lovers of life. We're still going to enjoy life. We're still going to be very, very determined in our goal that we have but we're also not going to be caught up in working only to work to pay bills and die that's not what we're doing we're still going to enjoy life we're still going to be here and we're still going to be beneficial to the those around us we're going to be very cognizant of the the things that we put out we know that we can't afford something we're going to make sure to say no it's okay to say no and I know that I'm repeating myself and I'm starting to ramble. So I'm about to end this episode. Like I said, I hope that I did not rush this information. I hope that I was very clear on this information. I know it was all over the place, but listen to it multiple times if you have to, because we need to get this thing together. We need to get it together. We have to lift one another up. We have to help one another. We have to support one another. And in doing that, we want to make sure that we are still focusing on us in the in the, in the meantime. Always look and pray if you if you're you know, you have a relationship with God, always pray to God for the strength or the guidance that you may need. Write everything down. Keep it written down. That'll hold yourself to a different standard when you write something down and then you look back at it and you know that you didn't accomplish that thing. That'll kind of cause you to go back and say, okay, well, I need to do this because I wrote it down. I need to do this. I need to finish it. I need to get this thing done. <laughs> That's it. That's all for me, guys. Thank you so much for listening. P.S. So we just finished the conversation about finances, the dreadful conversation about finances and adulting, because, I mean, seriously, who 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 wants to adult? I don't. But here we are. So we're going to do it. We're going to grab this bull by the horns and we're going to succeed and we're going to be successful in our quest in life to save. And I'm going to share with you a few things that I have done and that I currently do to help me save. It may be in small amounts, but it accumulates. It, it gradually gets bigger and better. And once you become comfortable with the saving habits and methods that I use, I think that it encourages you and it motivates you to go bigger and go harder to save more in different areas. And when I say go bigger and go harder, you may be saving a few dollars here and there on this, but it's going to motivate you so much that you're going to find multiple different ways and avenues to save in bigger amounts. So whether you are just trying to learn how to save better or learn how to save in general, I think that these things are a small step and they'll help you. These are things that you would do on a regular basis, things that you normally do in your everyday life. So I shop at Walmart when I make groceries. Yes, I make groceries. I use Walmart's app and within the app there is the savings catcher where you scan your receipt, you submit your receipt and Walmart searches your area to find prices cheaper than what you paid for the items that you recently purchased. So they'll send you an alert and say, hey, we found a cheaper price you get back 84 cent or you get back 325 you get back a dollar 25 they automatically do the searching in your area to find ads of advertised prices on the items that you purchase and they give you the cash back it gets added to your walmart account so when you get to the register you can use your walmart pay to utilize the funds that you have saved i also use shell fuel rewards i use shell gas that's the only kind of gas i've ever put in my car but i've only been using a fuel rewards for a year 
I've saved $150 so far while using this particular um, avenue. So with the Shell Fuel Rewards, you save five cents on every gallon, up to 20 gallons. Now you're not getting cash back, you're just really saving at the pump. So where you may have spent $27 on gas when you filled up, you may only spend $25. And it may even be just 80 cents that you're probably saving. It just depends on where you are and you're filling up and how much gas is. So if gas is $2.45, with your Shell Fuel Rewards, you end up paying $2.40 instead of two, uh, two four, $2.45, you're saving. Uh, another thing that I use is Ibotta. It's similar to the Walmart savings catcher, but you use it at multiple stores. You have Walmart, Target, CVS, things like that. Before you get ready to go to whatever store you're going to, you open up your Ibotta app, you select the store, you select the items that you're planning to buy. It tells you how much cash back you'll get. Once you go to the store, you get your receipt, you scan your receipt, and then they tell you, okay, we found these offers, you get X amount of dollars back, $3.75, cents, $2.50, $1.25, $0.75. Whatever it is, they'll tell you how much you're getting back. The thing with Ibotta is you have to reach $20 before you can withdraw your cash. And once you do reach the $20 mark, you can have those funds transferred to your PayPal account or through another method, however you receive your money and then you just add that money to your savings account because you're not expecting this money this money is basically a surprise to you so there's really no need for you to spend it on something that you would not, would not have purchased just put it in your savings account you never had it so you can't miss it you know just put it in the savings account that's another way to save um I also coupon now I am not an extreme couponer but I do coupon if I get an ad in the mail and I see that they have they have money off on toilet paper, they have money off on cereal, they have money off on soap or paper towels, whatever it is. If I see that it's something that I use and there's a coupon for it, I take that coupon and I utilize it in a store. And on top of me utilizing it in the store, I'm still using a savings catcher as well as the Ibotta app and those are more monies off that I'm getting on that particular item so you're saving almost three times basically you're saving three different times on a potential item I don't see where there is a lose anywhere in this I don't see any downfall to it I haven't found one yet I haven't found one but you know anything is possible uh, another thing that I do, I use Ebates. Ebates is for online shoppers. They have over 2,500 stores. You have Amazon, Walmart, my favorite, Target, Arapastel, Macy's, Bed Bath & Beyond, Office Max, Office Depot, Sam's Choice. You got, I'm sorry, Sam's Club. <laughs> you have Groupon, Nike, Sephora, like multiple stores so 2500 stores with ebates you create an account by using an email address and a password that's all you need you don't need the sex agenda uh, income address you don't need all of that all you need is an email address and a password when you sign up and you spend your very first $25 you get $10 back if you refer a friend you get money back for referring a friend as well as your friend gets money that's free money with Ebates, they, when you sign into your account and you you click the store that you're about to shop at, they find discount codes, coupon codes, cashback offers that you would have never probably known about if you're not used to searching for those type of things. They do the footwork for you basically. So after you make a purchase, Ebates track your purchase and then they send you an email or an alert and they'll tell you, hey, you received five dollars cash back on your order to such and such place or you received fifteen dollars back on your order for cash back what this is this is money that you would not have known about like this this you would have just been spending an extra and I consider it extra because if if it's able to come back to me that was extra that I paid and I think that that's beneficial because you're really getting some of these items for way less than what you would have paid for on a regular basis. And who doesn't want to save? If you can buy something for $25, get a free $10, and only pay $15 for that item, are you serious? 
Like, you may hear the excitement in my voice, and it's only because I love sharing information, especially if it was something that I had no idea about. And then when I find out about it, I am ecstatic to share it with people. And I know that they say that the game is to be sold, not told, but I see no benefit in holding this information or trying to sell this information to you. No, this is truly beneficial. It, um, I have people that I have suggested these accounts to. They have signed up and they've received their free money or their cash bag. And they were shocked. They thought it was like some type of a scheme or scam. And they messaged me back and they would say, this was legit. Like, I just got X amount of dollars back. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> like, this is legit. Like, it's free money almost. It's not necessarily free money when you've spent your money. But when you refer a friend and you get cash back, that's free money. You know, the only thing with Ebates is, though, that they only pay out quarterly. They pay out in January, April, August, and November, I believe. Those are the, the times when they pay out. And you can get what is considered a big fat check, or you can get the money sent to your PayPal account and then just transfer that over to your savings. And I keep saying transfer it to your savings because, like I said, this is money that you did not expect. Since you did not expect it, put it away. Don't do anything with it. Don't say, oh, I need it for this. And what were you going to do if you didn't have that money? You want to, you were going to go without that particular thing. I think that is very much so beneficial for you to just put that money in your savings account. And if you're saving $20 here, $100 there, $50 here, $50 there, that starts to grow. It really does. Um, so with my Walmart saving catcher, I've accumulated about $30 with Ibotta. I think I did my first $20 and I'm at like $15 now. So that's $35 that I've accumulated, um, with Walmart, uh, not Walmart with shell fuel rewards. Like I said, I've made it to $150 that I've saved within a year. And then with Ebates, I'm at $112. So, I mean, this is money. That's just, I mean, come on. I, I don't know. I don't know how many other ways to say it. I hope that this has been beneficial to you. If I did not go that deep into details and if I did not explain it well enough, I have posted about this on my blog, sincerelyangiem.tumblr.com. You can always go there. I am going to have a link below of all the things that I've mentioned you can click the links below and do your own research and see if it's worth it to you to sign up or to even look into this thing. Um, like I say, yeah, there's links below. I'm going to link the article below that I, not article, but the blog post that I wrote. I'm going to link that below. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, do not be afraid to message me and let me know. And I will answer your questions as quickly as possible and as thoroughly as possible as I can. Um, and if I ever find any other methods for saving, I'm going to come back at you and let you know. And if you are aware of any methods that I may not have mentioned, please let me know because I'm about that save life. Trust me, the save life with God being saved and I'm about saving. So <laughs> I crack myself up. But yes, you all happy saving.